There's a couple of things that are really helpful, I think important distinctions. I've mentioned a couple of times before that um, during this Easter season, one of the things that we realize is that if you ever get in kind of the situation where you're maybe at a loss uh, for words for how to summarize our faith, um, you don't really have to do it on your own. Some people are really good at doing that on their own. They've got it. They can make a synopsis. They can, they can give you kind of the powerful argument. Because, but there are many amazing um, summaries of our faith that are given, especially during these readings um, after Easter time. And, and this is one of them, the, the very first one that we hear today. So if you ever want, if somebody just wants to hear what they need to hear to understand the importance of Jesus Christ and who he is in summary, this reading, 1 Corinthians 15, is an amazing one because it tells you exactly what happened. It's just like he was, he was raised, he died, he appeared to this many people, this is what happened, he chose these people. And so it kind of goes through all the way about the, who Jesus Christ was and why he came and what he did and who he appeared to and the church that we have through the apostles. And then right off on the heels of this, this weekend's gospel about God remaining, you know, in, us remaining in God and his, in him re- abiding in us and, and remaining in us, that's the very same thing that he has a discussion with Philip. And, you know, we see that again. Remember that leading up to Pentecost, there was still a difficulty that, that often that we could identify with that the apostles had, the difficulty of kind of completely understanding the big picture of things. That like, if you have seen me, if you've seen the Son, that you've seen the Father, because we are one. There's something I wanted to read to you today, again, that is another amazing summary, but, but this time really about the apostles and what the, what the apostles mean and what their succession as an apostolic church for us means today. So this was written, um, you know, in the second or third century, and this is, this is titled, this is from the second reading, for the Office of Readings for today in the Liturgy of the Hours, and it's from the Treatise on the Prescription of Heretics by Tertullian, priest. And, it, and this is how it goes. Our Lord Jesus Christ himself declared what he was, what he had been, how he was carrying out his Father's will, what obligations he demanded of men. Remember, there's obligations that the Lord demands of us as men. This he did during his earthly life, either publicly to the crowds or privately to his disciples. Twelve of these he picked out to be his special companions appointed to teach the nations. One of them fell from his place. The remaining eleven were commanded by Christ as he was leaving the earth to return to the Father after his resurrection, to go and teach the nations and to baptize them into the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Remember, we go and we preach and we teach and we baptize. These are important, important aspects of our faith, foundational as Catholics. The apostles cast lots and added Matthias to their number in place of Judas as the twelfth apostle. The authority for this action is to be found in a prophetic psalm of David. After receiving the power of the Holy Spirit, which had been promised to them, so the day of Pentecost, so that they could work miracles and proclaim the truth, they first bore witness to their faith in Jesus Christ and established churches throughout Judea. They then went out into the whole world and proclaimed to the nations the same doctrinal faith. They set up churches in every city. Other churches received from them a living transplant of faith and the seed of doctrine. 
And through this daily process of transplanting, they became churches. They therefore qualify as apostolic churches by being the offspring of churches that are apostolic. So one of the important things about us as Catholics is that the churches are founded by the apostles and that only apostles ordain successors that found these other churches. So we would look at somebody like Archbishop Sample or any of our bishops and trace them back to other bishops who had ordained them in the apostolic line. So it's an unbroken line. Every family has to be traced back to its origins. That is why we can say that all these great churches constitute that one original church of the apostles, for it is from them that they all come. They are all primitive, all apostolic, because they are all one. They bear witness to this unity by the peace in which they all live, the brotherhood which is their name, the fellowship to which they are pledged, the principle on which these associations are based, is common tradition by which they share the same sacramental bond. The only way in which we can prove what the apostles taught, that is to say, what Christ revealed to them, is through those same churches. Things are revealed to us through this church, through our churches. They were founded by the apostles themselves, who first preached to them by what is called the living voice, and later by means of letters. Remember, we don't always have the compilation of the Bible, especially in the early church. It is a living voice preached by the apostles, and then later in the letters that were compiled that we actually have available for us today. One of those letters, the first one I mentioned today. The Lord had said clearly in former times, I have many more things to tell you, but you cannot, you cannot endure them now. But he went on to say, when the spirit of truth comes, he will lead you into the whole truth. Thus Christ shows us that the apostles had full knowledge of the truth, for he had promised that they would receive the whole truth through the spirit of truth. His promise was certainly fulfilled since the acts of the apostles proved that the Holy Spirit came down on them. So it's just an, an unbelievably great and important summary of who the apostles are and who we are as an apostolic church. And again, that apostolic church, what Father Carey and I do, is a mission of our bishop, who is the successor of the apostles. That's why we promise obedience to him. So it's important. We belong to an apostolic church, this unbroken line. And today we celebrate two of those great saints that didn't completely understand initially, but eventually they received the whole truth, which is passed on down to us. So, so that teaching that comes from the office of the bishop is the thing that helps us be sanctified to understand the truth that we've been given. God bless you all.